Welcome to Opening the Door podcast. Join me as we unlock the door to our psychic and mediumship abilities. Today, you'll hear a conversation I had with Natalie. We chat about what it's like being a spiritual entrepreneur, creating an engaged audience on social media, and of course, lots of tarot and spiritual things all in between. This was a really fun episode to record with Natalie. She's so much fun to talk to, so, so sweet. And uh, I think you'll learn a lot, even if you're not planning on ever being a spiritual entrepreneur or ever charging for your services. I think there's a lot of just fun conversation in here for you to listen to. So enjoy and remember, don't be afraid to open your door. Today, we're welcoming Natalie to Opening the Door. Natalie is an intuitive tarot reader who started practicing tarot in 2019. She always felt connected with tarot readers and mediums when she was a child, but never expected to become a reader herself. When she realized she had the ability to start reading for other people, her passion grew increasingly. Her passion of reading tarot became a full-time job in 2022 officially. Natalie, welcome to Opening the Door podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So, so excited to have you and just chat through your spiritual journey and tarot and all that good stuff. I do want to mention how this came about. We were just chatting about it before we hit record, but I feel like it just came about so serendipitously. Natalie popped into a IG live that Anthony and I were doing on a new moon a little bit ago. And it just sort of popped out. I mean, we did a little fun, like a fun little Oracle tarot poll for you. And, and then it just sort of like happened so organically. So I'm so happy to, you know, have you on officially. I am too. And I want to just mention you and Anthony both did a reading for me and they both just intertwined so beautifully. Like your messages just like fit. It was so like amazing as, you know, me being a reader, I don't really get readings as much anymore. So just to have that experience was so, so cool. Oh, that's amazing. I I love hearing that. Yeah. It's, I loved that night. It seemed like Anthony was pulling tarot and I was pulling Oracle and they did seem to like blend together so well. So yeah, that was super duper fun. So it was, and your messages for me at the time were like, so, so spot on. You are so gifted. Oh my gosh. Thank (laughs) you. Oh my goodness. All right, interview over. I'm just going to go cry <laughs> in a corner now. <laughs> Let's get into it a little bit. So tell me about your spiritual journey. We, you know, touched on it a little bit in your bio, sort of you started practicing tarot in 2019. And I, I would love to later on in this interview, talk about you sort of going full-time in this. Cause I think that's such a good conversation to have, but where did your spiritual journey start? What sort of, what was the impetus? What, how did, how did you get to where you are today in your practice? So I think ever since I was young, my mom, we grew up Catholic, but my mom always had like very witchy tendencies that she would, you know, just incorporate into my life, whether it was like staging homes um, or, or the home that we were in. And it was always a part of me. And I think the first moment or realization rather was when I was 13, I went to Salem, Massachusetts with my mom. And during that time, and I think now too, um, you're really supposed to be like 18 or over to get readings done. So, and at the time I was 13, but I'm an Aries. So I somehow got my way. I was like, I'm getting a reading done. I was just so drawn to it. So um, I got my reading done. And then I was like, I need my own tarot 
my, I want my own deck and my mom bought it for me. And it was something I kind of dabbled into. I definitely didn't know what I was doing, but I had an interest in it. And I would say in 2019 was when I had my spiritual awakening. It was probably like the best, but also worst time of life for me. And I just felt so called to pick up my tarot cards. I still have the same deck and I just started to practice it, but then it became more than tarot. It became like the law of attraction. I was like, Ooh, what's that? Like, what's that all about? So I kind of just started off there and I kind of, I felt during that time, I knew that there, I didn't know it was a spiritual awakening, but I just felt like I, if you've experienced it, you probably know it's just very intense. Like nothing feels real. Everything kind of feels like it's falling apart. But then during that time, I also found my calling because I never really felt good at anything. I felt like everything I did, I was just like, I never had like a dream career or anything. And I just started to dabble into it. I read for myself and then other people and it just opened the door to spirituality and just so many other things. So ever since then, I've been very much like into all things spiritual. I love it. I can relate so much to like not having a dream career or sort of just feeling like in the quote regular workforce, just sort of feeling like a bit of a like odd one out almost. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I always had this vision that I have, and I have no idea. I never would execute anything having to do with this. Like in high school, I was like, always saw myself like with a briefcase and a pencil skirt and like walking (laughs) in some city, but I didn't actually make any moves to like make that happen. I have no idea where that expectation came from, but I can, I, I really do relate to what you're saying about sort of just feeling like, I don't know. Like, I think it's a society thing because I I mean, I also feel like um, for me, so many of my friends like knew what path they wanted to take, whether it was like, I'm becoming a doctor or I'm becoming a lawyer. And I was like, I don't really think that there's anything that I feel called to. So for a while, it was like a big question mark for me. And I was like, I don't know if there's anything I love so passionately. But then once I was like presented with tarot, it was just like, my whole mindset changed because that was when I really felt like connected to something and it was, it was incredible. Can I ask what, uh, before you went full-time doing tarot, what, what kind of work were you doing before? What was I doing? I think I was like, oh, I was babysitting and I was also, I had a, I don't talk too much about this because it's kind of cringed for me, but it's okay. I've grown since then. But before I had my um, tarot website, I used to make little like beauty products, like natural skincare products. Oh, I was okay. kind of interested in that. I was always interested in like the business side of things. So I feel like I'm so grateful for that, even though it did not work. I barely got any sales. It taught me like how to like make a website, how to do certain things. So it kind of led me to where I was. So it was interesting. Yeah. Well, also, I feel like that obviously you have an entrepreneurial spirit, which if you're going to be doing a spiritual based business, you know, there's really, there's not too much of a blueprint for it. So I think that's, it's a great thing to have it, you know, as you're doing it full time now. So. Yeah. And especially for us, like tarot readers, there's not a lot out there for us. There's so many things that I'm like, you can't like search us up on Google and find your answers for, cause it's yeah. not like a common practice. I think it's becoming a little bit more common, which is so cool, but it's definitely very different. You know, like you can't go to school to become a reader. Right. Yeah. 
So speaking, so it's like on the tarot track, what are some things that you did to sort of hone your tarot reading abilities when you decided to start reading for other people? So I definitely started with friends and family. I can't do that anymore though, because once you know someone, it's really hard to read them. But in the beginning I read for family, like then distant family, and then like people I knew, but didn't really know too personally. So I definitely started out in that way. But something I will say, I don't know if this is good advice or bad advice, but I just jumped into it. I was like, okay, I'm going to just do this. I took the guidebook out and I was like reading the definitions of each card. And then I kind of felt like it wasn't natural that way. So I kind of like was like, I'm going to look at the card and see what I feel. And then it ended up being accurate to like what the description was. So I started to read people I knew and then I made a YouTube channel, which I've closed down for now because it's very cringy now to look back because I didn't know <laughs> what I was doing. Um, and I did pick a card readings for about a year and a half, I want to say. Cool. So it was cool to like just kind of do it for random strangers and then like see their comments. Yeah. So that was like, I really just dived in. I was like, I'm just going to do this all or nothing kind of thing. I love that. And it's kind of like a crash course. Like you're not going to get every single thing right every single time, but it teaches you so much. And especially with tarot, there's so many cards to learn and, and so many meanings and, and so much to pull through when things are paired in different ways. And tarot's not my first, um, like I love Oracle. Um, tarot just doesn't speak to me as much though. It is the first intuitive tool I did pick up. So I have, I have a deck. I don't, I don't use it often, but, and that's why I love having, having tarot readers on here. Cause it's not my area of expertise. I mean, and I love Oracle cards too, because I feel like Oracle cards go hand in hand with tarot, but you can, you can get as many answers with an Oracle card and a tarot deck. I think actually when I first made my Natalie Namaste website, I started off just with Oracle cards and I just did Oracle card readings. And I would like email the person like a really long email of like what came through before I started to do video readings and stuff mm -hmm. for people. So it's a really great way. I think either or is like, it's good. Yes. Either way, you're getting your intuition flowing. And that's what I think is the important part. And, and that's what really makes a reading like potent for somebody is when for you sure. can really pull through the intuition. And so speaking of intuition, this is actually a perfect segue. What does it feel like for you? What does your intuition feel like specifically when it's really flowing in a reading? How does your intuition come through? So it's definitely changed over the last like three to four years, but I've realized that the way that it comes through is through symbols. So just to give you an example, if I'm reading someone and maybe they're going through a breakup, I'll see a heart with a question mark next to it. So it's like symbols that come through. And for me, that's like someone's questioning their love life or something's going on. So symbols is like a really big way that it comes through. Um, but also for me, when I'm really into it, when it's like really, really flowing, it's just like a video that's going on in my mind. It's just like one thing after another. So I'm really quick with like saying things. So I don't forget it. Cause it could be really intense sometimes. Yes. I have found that sometimes if information is flowing, well, when your intuition flows, first of all, if you're kind of listening and wondering what that feels like, I think we have sort of a, a spectrum of people who listen, but sometimes when your intuition flows, obviously messages pop in like faster than you can think about them almost. And I have found myself sometimes in readings being like, oh no, I where forgot. did it go? <laughs> yeah. All the time. It all like pops time. in and then, you know, 
pops out or I will say it out loud. This happened just recently. I was giving a reading and I said a specific phrase out loud to them. And I really do believe that obviously the intuition and like messages from people's guides are really flowing through us. And when it's not for you, sometimes you won't remember. So I said a very specific phrase and then it was just gone from my mind. And we were talking about it more. And I was like, I don't even remember the phrase that I used because it wasn't for me, if that makes sense. Like that, that phrase makes so wasn't much for sense. Me. Yeah. It does. Because it could just be so quick. It's just like quick messages. And like, it's just, it, I think when you're really in the state of like your intuition, just being heightened and everything's floating or float with coming in, it's just, it's intense. Like it's a very intense feeling. So yes. I, I resonate with that so, so much as well. Yeah. What are some things that you do to sort of sharpen your intuition and get ready, get sort of in the zone for a reading? That's a really good question. I really love to always, I always light Palo Santo or Sage or something because I just feel like it just like clears out any energy that's like in the space. I do my readings in my home. So a lot can happen in a day. So I just try to like clear out the energy a little bit and I just say a prayer to my angels and spirit guides before and um, whoever I'm reading for, if it's her name, Sally, I'll ask them to like channel messages for her. So it's really just about the connection and just like taking that five minutes before I'm doing a reading to really be checked in physically, mentally, in all ways. So prayer for me is probably like the biggest way I'm like very channeled and like it flows in a lot better that way. I totally agree. What about since you, especially since you do readings in your home, this sort of just popped up as a question for me. How do you keep your home energetically clear? I'm sure you have a lot of people, even, even if it's, you know, over zoom or something like that, um, you kind of have a lot of energy moving in and out. So what are some things that you do to keep your physical, uh, home space sort of clear of any excess energy? That's such a good question because I learned the hard way when I first started to do this. I was like, why do I feel so like depressed or why do I feel so sad? Like nothing happened to me today. Then I'm like, oh, I did a reading for this person. Like maybe some of that energy got on me. So without a doubt, no matter how tired I am or whatever, I always sage and cleanse my space again with the prayer. So I kind of start off, I start off the reading that way and I end it that way as well. Um, so I'm a very big Palo Santo sage person um, and prayer. I think that prayer is like the biggest thing, but also to really close out the day. I do this all the time, whether it's in the shower, or in the bath, I put salt, Epsom salt in there. And for me, that's like, it just purifies, I think the body, but also the spirit. And it's so protecting and grounding. So for me, that's a really big thing. Yeah. I think I'm going to venture to guess that you love to smoke cleanse because you're an Aries right? You're, you're a fire sign. So that's such a good, yes. Yep. That's I'm a so Sagittarius. True. So fire, fire sisters. I love that. I um, love that. Yeah. And one of my best friends is an Aries too. So I really love, I love the fiery energy for sure. Well, you know what I always tell people I have, I actually have a reading that I go through cleansing tools for people like specifically. And I have noticed that depending on like their birthday or what element they are, that's like the best tool to use. So like, as you just said, fire signs, like fire really works well for us, like saging or incense for water signs, like taking a bath, going in the ocean, if you can, or like for earth signs grounding. Like, so there's a lot of different tools that people can use based on their like Zodiac sign, which is really interesting. 
Yeah. One of the biggest revelations for me was also, this is, we're really veering off, but I'm going to go with it for now. (laughs) One of my biggest like revelations was realizing that I don't only have a sun sign and like real, you know, knowing your, your moon and your rising to some, a Capricorn moon and a a cancer rising. So I do enjoy like, especially with my rising, I, I do enjoy like a nice, like watery spritz. Like I always do before I do readings, I use a specific sort of like chakra crystally Reiki infused mist that I really, really love. So yeah, if you're, if you're listening and you're like, oh, I don't really relate to my, my sun sign, go ahead and look up your moon and your rising and see if, you know, there's anything else in there that you might be able to pull in. I do have like my Mars and my Venus are both Sagittarius also. So I do have like generally a very fiery vibe, but I'm the same way. I'm a Leo rising and I'm a Pisces moon. So I always tell people I'm like the nicest. I know I always tell people I am nice, but I'm the most emotional fire sign there is because my Pisces moon makes me so emotional. Like I can cry over anything. So it's, it's true. Definitely look at your sun, moon and rising for anyone who's listening. So now this is Sagittarius. Just curious. Are you into travel? Are you like a big traveler? I love to travel. Like I love experiencing new cultures and, and just new places in general. Change is very exciting. Like tarot. One of my favorite tarot cards is death. I'm like, Ooh, what's coming? Yeah. What's yeah. <laughs> what's ending and what's coming. Yeah. That's yeah. actually one of my favorite cards out of the deck. It used to really scare me when I first started because I'm like, Oh my God, what does that mean? But like, for me, it's just like, you're closing a chapter something in life is ending, but all endings kind of lead to new beginnings. So I kind of like changed my mindset with that because I think that for so many of us, like endings just always kind of sound really sad and dramatic. And sometimes they are, but like they're necessary, I think, in order to like grow as a person. Yeah, I totally agree. Do you have any other tarot cards that you love to pull or that you sort of like really resonate with? For me, it's the death card. The High Priestess is definitely up there with like one of my favorites. I always feel like whenever I pull it, especially for myself, I feel like there's some kind of like there's signs that are coming for me or just to really tap into my intuition, especially if I'm going through something where I feel like it's more of like a mental thing where I can't tap into my intuition or my spirituality. So it's kind of like my reminder to like ground yourself. Like it's all happening for a reason. Um, and I love any ace card, ace of cups, ace of wands, because to me, anything new is just like exciting. Like we were just kind of talking about. So I get excited when I pull out some of those, those cards. Okay. So how did you know that you were ready to take your spiritual business and in your tarot work full time? So I, I definitely jumped into it for sure. That's just how I do things. I'm like, all right, we got to start somewhere. Cause I think for me, I'm very, I'm very like, I'm, I've gotten better, but I'm definitely more of like an anxious person. I'm like, when is it a right time? When's the right time to do something? So I, I think that I was just like, let me just dive in and do this and see what happens. And for a long time, like no one, no one like, you know, like bought a reading with me or knew who I was. And I think that the more I just kept going with it, the more I put in the work for it, the more I was, the more I was able to connect with different people. So I definitely just jumped in. If I'm being totally truthful, I jumped in and I was like, all right. And then I think as it started to pick up, I started to change things and like do things different. And my, I, I think the start of that really was someone who was really close to me had passed away. And I felt really sad during that time. And it was just like a rough time. And I was like, I need to like lean on my spirituality. I need to lean on that and really just like, 
help myself, but then I felt so called to help other people because I knew that they were, we all are going through something, you know? So I just started to really put my focus. So like, it was just like every day I was like, I'm posting something, I'm doing a reel or I'm doing this or that. So it, it definitely was very gradual for sure. It wasn't like overnight, it took a long time and a yeah. lot of mistakes. <laughs> yeah. I think first of all, I, really appreciate your, your totally honest answer. Like it, it wasn't zero to 100 overnight. And I think that's so important to remember. I think so many of us look at like really successful Instagram accounts or people who, um, you know, like have really successful spiritual businesses and, and sort of assume that it happened overnight. And that's just rarely ever the case, even if you manifest perfectly, you know, I, I don't know. I just don't feel like things you're not going to have a hundred, a hundred thousand followers overnight. Right. I mean, maybe if you go extremely right. viral on TikTok or something, but <laughs> no, nowadays people kind of can, but I, you know what I will say for anyone who's listening that maybe wants to grow their account, I think we'll get into this a little, in a little bit, but yeah, I will say now that my account has grown, I wouldn't want to change it. I wouldn't want to go back and just have it because I feel like I've learned so many lessons. I've learned about like business stuff, like when to post, when's the right time to post and like it's good that it happened gradually. And it, and it was also so exciting because I remember back in 2019, I had, I still have it, this journal and I put all my manifestations in it. And one of the things that I wrote, I'm going to have a successful um, spiritual career. And I would like say it every morning, every day. And then I think like towards like maybe the end of 2019, I was like, when is it going to happen? I was like, this is like crazy. I'm putting it out there. I can feel it. So it just goes to show like you can manifest anything, but you also have to like really work at it for it to happen. So kind of it's manifestation. I wish it was just like you could say it and it would happen, but definitely have to put the footwork for sure. Oh, absolutely. Wouldn't it be so nice if we could just write our wildest dreams on a piece of paper and put it under a pillowcase and that's all we need to do. <laughs> that would be amazing. If that was the case, my life would be very different. I know, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think especially in sort of a digital age where information, you can access information so quickly and, and we're watching, you know, five second video clips and, and things are so quick. I think as human beings, we need to remember that that's the internet and it's, uh, you know, like there's like, yeah. I think it's just such a good point that you put in you, the work you to make your manifestations work. You also have to work, you know, Definitely. it's sort of like wishing, I think I've said this on a few episodes, but it's sort of like sitting in your bedroom and, and wishing you had more friends, but never leaving your house you know, <laughs> exactly. that's such a perfect example. Cause there's that's, I love that. I always tell people that when they're, when I do readings for them, they're like, I want to meet someone. And like, and then I'm like, wait, but are you going out? Like, are you trying to like, and it's just like a human thing, I think, but it's true. Yes, <laughs> totally. So what are some, what are some challenges of being a tarot reader and reading full-time? So I would say right now, some of the hardships, um, it's all, I would say 90% is all really fun and it's really healing, but there's definitely hardships that come with being a reader. I think that there's a lot of pressure, I think, sometimes um, being a reader for people. Something that I have experienced with many, many people is like, you know, I do a reading or something and they get addicted to, to the readings. So I always tell people readings, like whether it's mediumship, tarot, they're fun to do, but it's also like a healing thing. It's not all just fun. It's like it, a lot of intention goes behind it. So I think some of the hardships have been like 
putting boundaries with people who like you really connect with, but you want the best for them. So you're like, I promise, like, you don't need a reading with me every other week. Like you're going to be just fine. Cause you kind of have to allow like life to happen and take place. I would say. Yes. So sometimes creating boundaries with people, I never had that really before. I think as like the clients started to grow, that became something that I've had to, to deal with because there is a difference between like a tarot reader and like a therapist, you know? There's like a huge, huge difference. So I think that that's something that I definitely struggle with as a reader. Um, And also I think this is kind of like being a reader, but also Instagram, social media hardships because it kind of like goes hand in hand in a sense is like um, the pressures of like always like posting or putting stuff out when you don't feel, I don't know if it's like if when you don't feel grounded, because like we all have our bad days. Right. And then I have like a client maybe to read that day. And I'm like, I'm not really feeling great, but I have to do this reading. So sometimes there's a lot of like different emotions that happen in my day-to-day life where that it makes it harder to do a reading. But I will say I do reschedule those readings because I never read anyone when I'm like not in a good mindset because I wouldn't want to be read by someone if they weren't in a good mindset. So sometimes just like balancing out I work a nine to five job too. So I have like a lot of different things going on in my day. So sometimes it's really, really hard to be like present for someone else when like you're not feeling present. Absolutely. And I just want to, what you said about readings, not being therapy. I think that is so, so important readings of any type, uh, you know, tarot, Oracle, mediumship, psychic can be really healing and can have a lot of Uh, you know, impact on somebody, but it's so important to remember that if you need therapy, go to a therapist, (laughs) you know, there's a difference and yeah, your, your psychic or your tarot reader is just can't be that isn't going to be that, or shouldn't be that person for you. You know, Um, you know what I think it is, the more I think about it, I I do think that a lot of times there's a really deep connection that forms with a reader and and a person, because, you know, here you are, reading someone, telling them about their life without even knowing them. So once it kind of clicks, like, I feel like people become really connected to that person. Um, I don't know about you, but I've been to many readers in the past and there have been some that have not been real or I'm like, "Mm, I don't know about that. But then there's the really special ones that you meet and you're like, wow, I feel so connected. Like he read me perfectly. And like, then you kind of grow to want readings with that person. But I think that yeah, there, there definitely is. But there, but that being said, there's also a really big difference between therapy and like readings for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you can absolutely do both. You can go to therapy and you can have your favorite psychic who you get read from maybe once a quarter at the most, or, you know, whatever you think is, is healthy. But yeah, I think boundaries in terms of like when you are a reader is really important. And, and a lot of readers, I mean, like myself included, like I want to make people happy. I, you know, so it's, it's hard to be like, I don't want to see you until this is, you know, like, (laughs) because you also like then for me, and I'm like, I'm a very like transparent person, especially when it comes to like my business, but readings in general, like, I'm like, don't waste your money. Like, you don't need to see me every couple of weeks, like save your money, like wait until, like you said, quarterly or every maybe six months or something, Mm -hmm. because then then you can kind of like go through life and see what happens. And then you can kind of come back with like a different perspective and like things have happened. So I think that that's important for, for people to know, because I think that readings are so, so exciting. 
And I know the feeling when I got mine, I was like, I want to do this again. But then I don't even really get read anymore by anyone, which is like so funny because I used to like all the time, but now I'm like, I'll just allow life to do its thing. Whatever happens, happens. Yes. I, I think <laughs> it part of life, maybe this is just because we're in Aries and a Sagittarius, but part of life, I feel like is the surprise. Like I, I call myself a psychic medium, but I'm not out here future telling and future predicting my whole life. Like that is so boring. Sometimes I just don't want to know. Like I right. want it to be a surprise, you know? Right. Exactly. So. That's such a good point. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of people would think readers like would want to know or that they do know what's happening, but it's like, why would we, why would you want to yeah. know what's going to happen every, every day? Right. Also, if you knew there would be no lessons to learn, you know, like, Exactly. If, if every psychic medium or, or tarot reader was able to future tell their whole life, what are you, what are you going to learn? Really? Exactly. I mean, yeah, there would be so. like no growth without the lessons. Sometimes the really hard lessons will teach you the biggest things in life. So I think I look at life so differently being a reader. Cause I'm like, whenever something bad happens, I'm like, okay, something good will eventually happen following this. And like, there's something like my soul needs to learn from this situation. Yes. Do you have any tips for people who want to really lean into uh, spirituality as a career? Yes, I definitely do. I would say definitely starting on social media is like the biggest tip I can give anyone because you can, first of all, I mean, it's not about becoming viral, but there is a chance of that happening, but it's really about the connections that you make with people and the impact. So that's why social media is such amazing platform for people to use to show, you know, their talents and their gifts, because there may be, let's say a million tarot readers on TikTok or Instagram, but everyone's a little bit different. Everyone has their own like style or their way of doing it. I have seen so many people like, I'm like, wow, they're so different from each other. And it's just like a different energy. So starting a spiritual career is totally possible. And I definitely want to tell people that because like for a long time, I didn't think it would be possible. So just to be able to say it here, it makes me so happy. And I hope it gives people hope. Um, but, um, posting every day is so, so important even when you don't want to, but I always tell people, I'm like, do a day of just content creating that way during the week, you're not burnt out and you could just post. But definitely consistency is the most important thing I would say. Um, but also just like being yourself because connection is the top priority. If you want to grow your spiritual career and just using the platforms available, you know, like back, I can't even think 20 years ago, like how readers did it because there wasn't really any social media outlets out there or, you know, so I definitely think that social media is the way to go. Instagram, TikTok is amazing. And um, the consistency is really what's amazing. Yeah. You have a, a very engaged audience on Instagram. So, so can we talk about a uh, more about engagement or sort of how did you find your niche within this whole, the whole crazy social media so world. I started off with that's it. That's also a really good point. Finding your niche is so important because I was posting different things and I was like, I can't really connect with anyone because I feel like no one knows what I'm doing. It's like this one day and it's a different thing in the next day. So I think when I first started, yeah, I started to post angel numbers. And I was like, cause I, ever since I was a kid, me and my sister would always see 1111 and we would see 911. And I was always like, that has to mean something. So I was always like really into angel numbers. I didn't know what they were back then, but 
um, I started off with like posting angel numbers and their meanings. And I noticed that there was like a lot of engagement on those. And I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So naturally I kept posting them, but I really love angel numbers. So it was like, this is perfect. It's something I like and I'm like into and others, you know, took an interest. So it started with that. And then I started to post like evil eye quotes and images and then people loved that. So it, it was kind of like it, they kind of bounced off of each other and still to this day, I still post both of those things, angel numbers and evil eye posts. But the biggest thing also was like the reels. So I started to do tarot reading reels because people and including myself, like sometimes like I can only watch like a video for like five to eight seconds because like, I'm like, I can't focus. So I started yeah. to post like really short reels and people started to really gravitate towards that. And I started to post like um, messages within the reels so that someone, the people would get like a reading in the reel. And then it just kind of, I kind of bounced off of those things for a while. And now it's just quotes about life and healing. I post a lot of that now. So it's definitely changed over the years, but you still find your people, you find new people who are interested in like healing and quotes and things like that. So quotes are a really big, big way to, I think, get noticed or have people engaged in them. Because for me, I feel like life is like challenging as, as it is. And sometimes when we go on Instagram, we kind of think that everyone has this amazing life and that things are perfect. And I'm like, I know my life is not like that. So I like to like post about things that people can really relate to. Like, you know, it's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to feel the emotions that you're feeling. Yeah. It makes, I think it helps us all kind of like relate to each other in a deep way. Yeah, I, I love, I feel like one of the things that stuck out with your account when I first found it on Instagram, when Ooh. I made this podcast account and was like, you know, starting to follow people who I, who I resonated with was your quotes. And, and I mean, you have a really sort of like a beautiful aesthetic feed and, and stuff like that. Do you, <laughs> in terms of your quotes, do you chant or do you feel like those are channeled? Do you feel like they sort of come from like guides or ancestors or, or anywhere specific like that? I think it's definitely a mix. I think that some, some of them come to me or it's just kind of like what I'm feeling. Some of them though are from other people and I put my aesthetic on top of it for some of them. Yeah. So it's definitely a mix, I would say, of all three of those things. Yeah. Um, I feel like that for me, words have always been so important. Like I've always loved like reading or like poetry and things like that. So yeah, I would say it's a good mix of those things. I feel like I'm tapping more into like channeling direct quotes. So that's the thing I have been working on. I was actually doing that today. Oh, awesome. So cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I love talking to you about social because I think you have a really grounded approach, which is great. So do you have any tips, any other tips, you know, before we sort of move on about social and cultivating an engaged audience on social media? I would say my biggest tip would probably just be to be yourself, to make your own aesthetic. Like I have like a really cute, I like to make it like cute and pink and all, you know, girly colors and stuff, but that that's like, something I personally like. So don't ever, I would say to anyone, like, don't try to change your approach because you think that like society will like it. Definitely stay true to who you are and like post what you like and like the right people really will find you. Even if it takes some time for it to grow, like the right people are, will find you. I'm a big believer in that. Have you ever, this is just popping into my head, but have you ever <laughs> like gone viral on TikTok or Instagram and it has turned like sort of negative, like it's kind of reached this, the wrong side of 
Instagram or TikTok and you've gotten like shitty comments or or anything like that? So I was, I will say, I think my evil eye quotes kind of rub people the wrong way sometimes. I notice actually the posts that really helped boost my engagement and followers was like, I don't know if you remember last year, it, there was like a meme going around. It's like little miss blank. Mm-hmm. I did one little miss. Um, I see evil eyes everywhere or no, I put, it was something like little miss may every evil eye in your life go blind. And I put little images of the evil eye and that went viral. And I did another one that also, it was an angel number one that went viral. And with that being said, the more people that see your stuff, the more not great messages that come through. So that definitely does happen with evil eye quotes for sure. I think because it's like a culture thing and some people take offense to it. They're like, do you even know what that means? Or it, or some people will kind of project their religion onto me. I think that's like probably the biggest thing that happens is like other people commenting their religion on my post and telling me I'm going to go to hell. I'm going to go here. And I'm like, all right. It's like the opposite of what I right. and do. So there's definitely some opinionated people out there, but I will say knocking on wood, like 95% of the time, I don't get any like hate comments or anything, which is really nice. Scary when it happens. I'm like, oh my God, I feel like personally attacked. <laughs> I know it's so scary. I, I made a reel. And uh, so my account hasn't been even alive for a year yet. Like I, I made it back in August of 2022. So in this August, it'll be a year, but I made some stupid reel. Like, obviously it was a joke and it was that sort of sound that was like, you know, something that was like, this is going to be my personality for the rest of my life. Do you remember that one? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I basically made one that was like, sees a lot of ghosts. This is going to be oh. my personality for the Right. And then like, so it went, it didn't go super viral. I mean, it went viral for me. It got like 10,000 views, which was huge. Oh. I mean, I have like 200 followers, you know, like, so it was, that's a big view count for my account. And I just got so many angry men in the oh. comments being like, you're mentally ill and you're schizophrenic and you need to go to the doctor. And I was just like, <laughs> like, it, they, like it was just, I don't know what side of Instagram it ended up on, but it was crazy. So I ended up like blocking all those people, obviously, and just like deleting the comments. I was like, fuck this. Like, you don't need to be on my account. Like, fuck oh, I'm you. a big believer of the deleting comments and blocking people. I'm like, you're blocked, you're blocked, you're blocked. Like, I'm not doing it. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it's kind of like scary in a weird way. It's like, oh my gosh. And it also reminds you, like, people are seeing your face, you know, on the internet or like they're seeing your stuff on the internet. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I remember, I remember I had this one man. It's always a man who's like upset about this. It's stuff. always a man. <laughs> he's like cursing me out. It was like 12 o'clock in the morning. I was up, I think it was like the 4th of July last year. And he's like, do you even know what angel numbers are? They're not real. And he was like, and during that time, I was like, I'm going to go a little back and forth with him because I'm like, I believe in this it's a waste of time. Now I just block it. I don't respond because I'm like, I can't get you to understand my opinion. Yeah. Um, so not worth it. <laughs> oh yeah. I know it's yeah. I, I agree with that. I, I considered sort of going back and forth and I was like, these people, the thing about people like that is like, they're just on the internet to talk shit. Like they're really not there to learn anything, you know? Yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, I saw something today that was like, if somebody is committed to misunderstanding you, it's impossible to argue with them. I'm like, exactly. I love that. Absolutely so love true. it. 
And you can apply that to like any person in your life, which I love. It's very like universal. That's true. There's just some people who won't be able to match you at your vibration and that's okay. What are you thinking about in terms of like moving forward in your spirituality? Are you exploring anything new anytime soon? Like, what, what do you think? What's sort of your, your next interest when it comes to spirituality? I feel like there are so many things that I'm like, so ready to take on. It's just like finding time to do it. So um, something I'm actually working on getting my certification on is sound healing. I love, um, I love my sound bowls. It, it, at first it was something really personal to me. I went to a shop in Salem and the owner of the, the place that I was at, was, it was all sound bowls. And he was just so knowledgeable about them. And he was a Buddhist and he was just, he had such a tranquil energy and I never forgot that. And I, so I've been into sound bowls, but now I feel like it's like growing into like a passion. I do it every night now. So I think that that's something I might get into along with Reiki. Um, that's something I also really, really love, but there's a lot of definitely exciting paths that I'm like wanting to take now. Cause I always feel like there's always something new that you can do or learn. And I always will love tarot and I will always do it, but I definitely think that there's some like new chapters starting. Exciting. Yeah. <laughs> sound, all the sound stuff. I, I love, I don't have any like singing bowls or anything like that, but I love to listen to aura cleansing sound stuff on insight timer. There's so many good ones on there. And yeah, I love how powerful sound can be. I love going on YouTube before bed and putting like sound bowl healing or like frequencies to go to bed. It's so relaxing. You just like feel so much more clear after doing it. Yeah. What about cultivating, obviously you do some, it sounds like you do some stuff at night in terms of your spiritual routine. How, what are some tips you have on sort of cultivating a, a little bit of a spiritual routine in without throughout your day? I think that for, so I'm definitely night owl at heart. I've grown to be a morning person just because it's kind of like how my life is now, but I'm definitely like a nighttime person for me. Like my top, top three things that I do every night Um, Unless I'm on vacation, it doesn't really happen that way. But journaling is something I do every night before bed. At first, I kind of thought it was like, if I'm being honest, I thought it was like bullshit, like journaling. I'm like, why am I doing this? It's something I did when I was younger. But then I started to like write in my journal every night. And I would write every, I write everything that I feel. So if I'm like upset with someone, I like curse them out in there and I'm putting all my energy into that. And then there's just like a big wave of release. So Journaling is something I definitely love to do before bed. Sounds really weird, but I put crystals underneath my pillow before bed. And I specifically put amethyst. I used to get really bad nightmares. I, I like, I think they were like night terrors. I would wake up screaming. So weird. I don't know why, like that never happened to me. And this was like before 2019, but then it kind of started to get like bad with like that and like sleep paralysis. So I'm really big on like putting crystals underneath the bed. It just is very relaxing and I feel very protected by it. So I don't know if that's like a ritual, but I, they're definitely always underneath my pillow for sure. And usually I am doing readings at night. My day pretty much ends around nine or 10. So there's always a sage cleansing every night since I'm, I do that anyway, after a reading. So I think just like little things, it doesn't always have to be like a really big production, if that makes sense. Cause sometimes I feel like spirituality looks harder than it actually is in certain ways, especially when it comes to like tools and things like that. But it could just be as simple as like lighting a candle or lighting incense and just putting a good intention and then just like going to bed. Yes, absolutely. Let's keep it simple. 
Right. Keep it simple, stupid. You know, it doesn't have yeah. to be like, so, I mean, the rituals and stuff like that are really fun. And, and I love stuff like that, but yeah, keeping it so simple to be able to sort of like keep it within your life is also so important, I think. Yeah. Cause it's sustainable and it's something like, I'm like, this is easy. I'm just putting my incense on or I'm putting crystals under my bed. And it's like, not like I'm not dreading to do it. Cause it's so simple. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Well, Natalie, this has been such a wonderful conversation. I have one last question for you, which is the classic opening the door podcast question. And it is what can someone who's listening right now do in their life to open their door a little bit more to their natural psychic abilities? I love that question so, so much. I would say, that's a really, really deep, but really good question. I think if someone wants to open the door to their intuition or their natural abilities, grounding is where it's really at. I love walking barefoot on grass or on the earth and just closing your eyes and just feeling what you feel. I think that that's the biggest way anyone can really start to channel or just open the door to their intuition is just by listening to like nature and being grounded, ground, being grounded, I think is the, the number one thing. Ooh, I love that because it also really touches on being present. And I think being present is like a huge part of spirituality as well. So absolutely love that advice. Thank you. Where can people find you if they're, if they're looking to connect with you? So my Instagram handle is Natalie with two E's namaste, some scammers out there. So you got to be careful. And my website, which is shopnatalienamaste.com. Wonderful. Again, Natalie, thank you so, so much for being here. This has been such a wonderful conversation with you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you love the podcast and listen on Apple, please be sure to rate and leave a review. If you want more from Opening the Door, follow along on Instagram at Opening the Door Podcast. Have a question about psychic work or psychic development? Email openingthedoorpodcast at gmail.com and you might have your question included in one of our future Q&A episodes.